listening to Okay, thanks for listening to new episode Yoshi Den. I'm back in Amsterdam with my great friend Proxy Page. Proxy, how are you today? Very good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks mm-hmm. for helping me the last couple of days. And I have to ask the listeners to, um, when you can, please donate on yoshiden.com. And this particular episode is dedicated to my uh, our now our friend, mm-hmm. Nico Vidal, the Hi, tattoo Nico. artist. Hey, Nico. <laughs> A very uh, talented tattoo artist. And I hope you take care of uh, Proxy in Sweden. Um, I'm sure what? he'll take good care of me. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, Nico, make sure you do a good job. So, <laughs> um, proxy ones. Um, I guess you want to cover your whole leg. Is that the? Uh huh. I want my whole right leg tattooed. I want our solar system on there. And I think, judging by the work that I've looked at from Nico, that he'll be able to do a really good job on it. Yeah, I, I'm not a tattoo guy, but I've seen his work. He's very, very talented. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, thanks for Facebook and Twitter. I can't all the different fans listening to the show, and um, I hope it works out for you. So um, first of all, I'm, I'm back in Amsterdam. What, what, this is not exactly Amsterdam. Amsterdam, where is it? Like south of it? Uh, I, we're just we're exactly west from Central Station, pretty much. Okay. So I'm just outside of the city, right in between uh, Amsterdam Central mm-hmm. and the airport, which is really convenient for me since I travel so much. So. Skip all airport, right? Yeah, um, perfect location. Now, if you're not a pervert like myself, you you mind if you don't recognize Proxy Page's name? She is um, big up. Uh, I'm all, would you say you're pretty established now or you still like consider yeah. as upcoming? Uh, I still consider myself up and coming because sure. it seems like uh, like every year I'm getting more and more popular. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure I was going to be doing this as long as I have been, but it's just been working out so well. So I'm going with it. And, <clears throat> you know, you do titles like um, uh, with Evil Angel, which I used to work for. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the premier director, Jason, really nice guy. His stuff is... Um, I think we were talking yesterday. His camera work is unbelievable, and lighting for his movies are perfect. And oh yeah, he's like he's like a little boy when it comes to shooting. Like he wants to get right up in there, and like he knows what he likes, and it's it turns out to be what everybody else likes as well. And I like how into it he is because like he's into it, and that shows through his filming. I think he's definitely one of the best lighting guy in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Johnny Dark was up there with him, but Jason. For those of you, if you haven't watched his movies, they're more fetish oriented, right? Like, yeah, it's definitely like a niche category. Like, it's he's very into anal and buttholes and sure. licking and all of that. Like, um, what was anal acrobat? Mm-hmm. And um, um, pretty sloppy. That's right. And like, you're like top. One, two, three, <laughs> with all the actors he has used in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. he's used me quite a bit. And, <laughs> you know, when people are listening to this show, they don't have a visual, but po- take, you know, pause it for a second. 
check out your name and see some of the I mean I I saw one movie where your ass would just stretch open so wide and open <laughs> I can I thought it was CGI <laughs> for a minute I didn't really thought that was real but it was um, <laughs> yeah that's probably me because Jason put a bunch of stuff in the, in your butthole mm. oh man honey yogurt milk cereal all kinds of things what's what's that thing the Mexicans do on um you know, they put a piñata. There's all this <laughs> goodies inside. Yeah. yeah, your asshole looked like that. Yeah. Um. So before we get into, and we want to talk about you know your background and how you got in business and stuff like that. But um, we also want to tell people you're working in special project. And um, you want to quickly mention that first before we jump in? Yeah, I'm doing a project through offbeater.com and the project's called Proxy Infiltrates Europe and it's helping me establish a business out here in Europe so that I can legally travel and work within the European Union and with, with the ability of that being able to work out here freely, it'll open up a lot of opportunities for me, one of which I'll make a movie once I'm allowed to, I'll make a movie and I'll travel around because I've met a lot of really great performers sure. over the years, like lots of really great European performers. So I would love to go, like travel to them and shoot them, go everywhere from Romania, Hungary, France, Italy, lots of people to see and have fun with. But you were telling me before people jump in and donate money, you have to get a certain amount of vote. Yeah, I'm in the voting process right now and I have about another month to go with that. And once the voting process is up, then I'm going to then people will be able to donate. And for all the donations that there are rewards and there's a wide variety of rewards, everything from stickers and T-shirts to uh, private camp shows and uh, unreleased movies. So there's a lot to offer there. And how much do you have to raise? Uh, I'm working for $11,000 Okay. Uh, because I'm going to do it for equipment and uh, legal registration for my business. But let's say if you make $20,000, you are still able to keep all twenty, right? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't top out at 11000 I can totally exceed that limit, which would be really exciting if I could. And, okay. and there's, there's extra prizes for if I do exceed the limit. And what was the website again? offbeater.com and the project's called Proxy Infiltrates Europe. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it at the end of the before we finish. Okay, so I guess we first of all, we, we met last May because one of my friends, uh, Remain Nameless, needed a couple of great entertainers. And mm -hmm. I didn't really know you. I, I, um, I just lost my job with Evil Angel three months before, but I talked to my good friend, uh, well, I don't know how he considered me now, but I, I, I talked to one of my ex coworker and he mentioned you and Sparky. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know you guys. I kind of recognized you. And I was a little worried because I, I took this person's advice for sure. You know, he's not going to recommend anybody bad, but you never know until I meet you. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't like my friends. I don't know. But um, it went perfectly. I mean, you, you both of you guys went <laughs> beyond what was uh, asked. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was a really exciting experience for us because it was the first time we had done anything like sure. that. And yeah, it far exceeded our expectations, too. We had so, like we th like we weren't sure what to expect, but we had so much fun there. Everybody that was involved was really great. We're all on the same page. And my, my, my friend was um, 
I think he, I think one of his best friend was going through a divorce or something. He was not kind of. It wasn't a good time for him, you know. And you and Sparky, another great adults superstar, mm-hmm. made these guys really happy, and I I, I was really uh, pleasantly surprised because I've I've had events where people ask me to get girls and they're most of the time they're just doing it for money or you know they're just not into they're it they're there to do the job and yeah. that's it I mean no pair of girls even come close to what you guys did you know <laughs> and I don't want to get detailed because um, if I talk too much people figure out who it is what, I, what was that what was that thing attached to that giant dildo what was that on again it wasn't a chainsaw it was uh, that electric thing that they did in my ass Oh yeah, I think it was one of those things that you buy at Home Depot, but they put dildo <laughs> on top of it. That was it a good like one. A, that was a first for me. Yeah, and so they bought all these toys and stuff. They brought it, and uh, you guys were like, you know, you you guys did live sex show with each other, and you you you're very generous, you know. That was around. the first time Sparky fisted me too. Actually, that was that was a surprise for everyone. What's Sparky's full name? I forget her porn. Sparky Sinclair. There you go. Mm-hmm. And Sparky, congratulations! She's pregnant. She's got yeah, baby. she's about to have her baby. Just a couple more weeks. And I didn't know she was Jewish either. I, no <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and were you guys technically married? Yeah, we got married in the Bahamas in 2010. We took a cruise out there. It was a party cruise called Holy Ship. And <laughs> of course. And it, it left from uh, Florida down to the Bahamas, and it was a three-day cruise. We ended up sailing through the Bermuda Triangle. And turns out while we're in the Bermuda Triangle, like I was in an all-girl threesome, like a lot of crazy things happened on that boat. We got Wait. married on a private island. So it was you and Sparky and... Chastity Lynn. Oh, really? Her? <laughs> yeah, it was all three of us. <laughs> She's an interesting girl because she uh, she did a movie with Rocco Sifredi, one of the greatest performers of all time, superstar in Europe. Mm-hmm. And in one of Rocco's movies, she, she spoke pretty decent Japanese. I was shocked. Um, yeah, yeah. I do remember her speaking some Japanese. I can't remember why she learned it, but yeah. She, it was really good. Uh-huh. Like, you know, porn girls always surprise you because a lot of guys, a lot of people think porn people are only capable of doing one thing. It's not true. A lot of them have a lot of interesting background and interests and education. And I mean, most porn girls probably travel more than regular girl ever will in mm-hmm. their lifetime, you know. Okay, so you guys got married. My friend recommended you guys. You, you did the show. Fantastic. And after that, I saw you. It seemed like I saw you for the next two, three months, maybe every three weeks or something. Yeah, we did see each other a lot after that. I take you to the Tonight Show. Yeah. And you, you guys made me laugh because w- when Jay Leno asked, does anybody have questions? <laughs> you guys said, me, 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 me. And, you know, you guys raised your hand and Leno asked like, well, yeah. And you guys said, can we take a picture? And you went down there. <laughs> and the way you guys dressed and the way you guys carry yourself, Leno asked, um, let me guess, you guys work in the valley and you guys start laughing and said, yes, remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you guys were so popular with the Leno's audience. And I was working also after getting fired from Evil Angel work on David Hill's Dave's Old Porn. And um, I I had parts in casting and I got you guys. And, they were and very, Jaffe, Sparky's dog. Yeah. <laughs> he was on there as well. <laughs> now, Dave was very... Um, happy with you guys fantastic you guys they people could tell like 
either you're into what you're doing, you're not. And it was so obvious that you guys were in it. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, they canceled the show. They're still going to re- release those episodes. We just don't know yet when. But the last time I talked to Dave about you, about you and Sparky, he told me to say hello to you guys, and uh, it will be released. We just don't know. Showtime just canceled season three. So. Oh, bummer. But um, but they're going to release it. I just don't know when. But you guys are fantastic. Great job. And so I meet you guys. Then eventually, I think that August, you, you had to move. And then, then I didn't see you for like a year and a half until a yeah, days ago. Yeah, I went traveling. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit of travel, but let's start from the beginning. So you grew up in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, sort of. I was born there and I grew up a bit there, but I moved around a lot. But when did you, when did you, did you, did you always have an interest in adult business? Um, actually, I, I first got interested in it because I was looking for a job that was close to my home and there was a porn shop that was down the street from my house. In Arizona? Yeah, when I was living out there. I moved out there when I was 17. And, and you live in Scottsdale? Yep. Was, uh, the porn shop's called Zorba's. I have okay. to give them a shout out because I love them so much. They opened up a lot of doors and experiences for me. But uh, I was just looking for a job that was close to home. So when I was 18, I applied at the porn shop and I started working there for a couple of years. So that was what opened up the porn world to me. I never even watched porn before that. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm. It's, it's, it's always interesting. I don't know how to take Whenever I see, like, I've had, okay, so I used to work R&R Adult Toys in Washington State, um, Elmo's Bookstore, and Tavu Videos. And we had some girls working there. It's it's both good and bad. Um, for some guys, they get kind of nervous when they're ready a movie because they don't want to make it too obvious they're pervert, so they feel a little uncomfortable doing it. It just depends on the girl. You're such a fun, smart girl. I don't think I would have been uncomfortable. I think sometimes when I saw man hating lesbian working behind a counter, that's never a good thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I've definitely run into that before. Like the guys are either or the girls are either really nice or kind of scary that work at porn shops. Yeah. By nice, I mean open minded. <laughs> so I I think you would have been perfect. So, and I always tell people if you're going to get into porn business, you're not familiar with it. Working at the porn shop, it's a really good introduction. It's like you know, same thing. Quentin Tarantino did it with a regular movie video store, right? They they rent a bunch of movie and watch, and that's mm-hmm. one of the privilege. So, so you start working there. So, what did you think? Like before you start working there, you must have some notion. Like, I've always what's it going to be like? Um, did anything surprise you when you start working at porn shops? Uh, well, my porn shop was a special one for sure because we had a video arcade in the back with 23 different booths and that was a whole new world for me. I didn't even know things like that existed. Sure. And so that was definitely pretty shocking working there. But it was also like it was really, really nice because I've always been a really open person thanks to my fantastic parents. And... I, uh, whenever people would come in I would always love the different kinds of people that would come in because they would always be really nervous at first but that, like I was just so open and yeah. friendly about it that I, I could usually break through people's things and figure out what they liked and get things out of them so uh, so back in the shop is um, booth mm-hmm. <laughs> another half is movies, toys lotions magazines and things like that right yep. yeah 
How long did it take before you started feeling comfortable with the products? Because, you know, guys will come in like, have you seen this movie? You know? Oh, immediately. I, I latched onto it really well because, like I said, I grew up, like, very open in a very open household and we sure. we're all very, like, honest. And I've always, like, I've always had, like, a high, like, sex, like, I don't know, sex drive, open mind and everything. So when I went there, I was just, like, I was immediately comfortable with everything. And, like, if there was things I hadn't seen before, I wanted to learn about them and I wanted to figure them out. And then once I figured them out, I was able to help people more. Like, when girls would come in, I'd be like, okay, are you more internally stimulated, externally stimulated? Sure. This is how I can help you out when, like couples would come in asking for movies like since they're in a cup like since they're a couple i could be like okay i can direct them towards like the playboy stuff and like this would be a good thing for couples how long did you work at the porn shop two years okay so um so if if a couple comes in i usually you probably agree with me probably like um vivid Andrew Blake, some of the yep, world, yeah, nice uh, wicked. stuff. That's yeah. not too like outrageous and Gonzo. Yeah, and and for those of you who don't know what Gonzo is, it usually doesn't have any sort of storylines. It's it's basically POV where Gonzo, the director, is part of the, the show. Yeah, and like Max Harcourt, um, Rodney Moore's, um, John Stellianos. Those are guys really changed from the future film from the seventies and mid eighties to mm-hmm. Gonzo is meant to put the viewer, like, uh, meant to help the viewer feel like they're part of the movie, like they're part of the action. Sure. That's why it gets like the camera gets so close, and you see things that you wouldn't normally see from a faraway angle. That that's uh, that's a very uh, perfect uh, explanation. I actually looked up the definition recently <laughs> of Gonzo. It started with Hunter S. Thompson because when he he's a journalist, but you know when he did uh, books on '68 presidential election or when he wrote about Hills Angel, he as a reporter was part of the story. Mm-hmm. So just like when John Stalliano used to do porn, oh he still does. He's part of the story, mm-hmm. even though he's holding the camera. Yeah. So we usually recommend Gonzo to single guys, not with a couple usually. Oh no, <laughs> not for couples. Because. I, I think some guys use porn to gauge if the girl would do certain things. Like if you're watching a movie and there's an anal scene and if the girl's like, ooh, who, that's so disgusting, who would do that? Chances are he's not going to bring that up mm-hmm. when they're trying to have sex. But if the girl's, you know, you know how the strategy goes. I mean. Oh, yeah. Whenever guys would come in, I'd, I'd have the typical questions. I'd be like, oh, I'm looking for a movie. If I'd see them like shuffling through and not really finding what they wanted, I'd be like, all right, well, what are you into? Are you into ass, tits, hardcore, softcore? Mm-hmm. And then I could take it from there. And like, all right, you like asses. So do you like anal too? And then I could direct them towards good anal titles and stuff like that. And did you used to do this? When I, when I started working in those shops in... God, I think I started working in those shops when you were... 11 years old 99 <laughs> like sometimes when a guy comes in I try to pretend like okay this guy looks this way see okay and, but I'm I'm wrong in the beginning like I they always prove me wrong like you just assume about certain things oh yeah I remember this guy he was 5'4 but like almost 250 pounds like look like a trucker guy you know and he walked in and I thought oh he's gonna get like barely legals by a hustler or things like that sure enough he'll get like gay porn you know it's full of bears and things mm-hmm. like that and i think it probably took me almost a year before i started getting a sense like oh you 
you could feel certain energy from certain people and know what they're into. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That was one fun thing about my shop is it's the only shop, porn shop in Scottsdale, Arizona and Scottsdale's known for being like a richer, nicer city. So um, we would get a lot of like the rich North Scottsdale people that would come into our shop and like they would be like the businessmen dressed really nice. Can I ask you something? Yeah. When we have people like that in Seattle, especially those white professional guys, a lot of them always get interracial stuff. They're the ones that are into the most messed up stuff. Yeah. Like the ones that look like the nicest that you would assume aren't into that are always into the weirdest things. And then some of like the weirdos like want like a nice lesbian scene between yeah. two girls or something like that. I think if you're a white guy, mid to late 40s, 50s and 60s, chances are you're a professional white guy. You marry a white woman. So... I'm not really surprised that they get interracial stuff. And when, when poor, porn people say interracial, we basically say it's black and white. Yeah. White guy with Asian is not interracial. Yeah. Even though technically that is interracial. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they will always get they always get the black and white stuff. <laughs> what other stuff surprised you working at that shop for you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um uh, I, could, I, I could go two ways with that question. One for like the main floor of the uh, shop, like where we sold the toys and the mm -hmm. lotions and the movies. Like how many women were like that would come in that were like so nervous and uncomfortable and I would just try to like break them out of their shells and like help open them up. And when there's like a nice person that know, has a little bit of knowledge about it that can make them comfortable, then and, they and can get more into the other things. And you as a woman... We'll yeah. make another woman really comfortable, sure. But then there's like the backroom stuff back in the arcade and that, all of that was so new to me because like it's the stuff that's not usually talked about, but here's a safe place to talk about that. And mm -hmm. there, there's, uh, we call the people, like the guys that go back there, cruisers and guys go back there cruising for guys. And sure. that was so new for me that guys like are going into these dark rooms to like hook up with each other. And some of them like when uh, they would leave, you can see they had wedding rings on sure. and stuff like that living secret lives. So that was pretty shocking. When did you work there? What year to what year? Oh, let me think. I, from 2008 to 2009. Oh, like the end of 2008 to like the beginning of 2010. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 2008 to 2009 actually. And you were, did you notice when you start working until the very end, did the sales drop because of the internet? Did you notice that at all? Um... Yeah, that's definitely taken a big toll on like the movie, uh, on like the DVD sales. But sure. like porn shops still have so much more other things to offer, and like they're like porn movies will always like be able to sell because there's always going to be kids wanting to grab a video from their local porn shop to bring to like a friend's birthday party or something like that, or a couple wanting to like break into it, and like a guy can't. I, I'm assuming it's more comfortable to bring your girlfriend into a shop than just go surf the internet, sure. like because maybe that's like a little bit more. Andy Sandemus, I think it was her. She, when I used to work for Evil, um, and one of the things that Aiden and Belladonna used to do, which I have to admit, I begin, I started beginning to like them better than actual movies, the commentaries. Yeah, the behind the scenes. Behind the scenes stuff. And that's how I actually broke a lot of like couples that would come in, like open minded girls, because some couples would be really vanilla and I would like just point them towards like the vivid like sure. stuff. But then some couples would be more open minded and they wanted to look for good porn. So I'd point them towards Belladonna stuff because you get to like the commentary and the behind the scenes is really great. So you get to like know them on a more personal level. And since girls 
are like more uh, psychological like that gives you more of a connecting point with the actors yeah. and stuff that are in the movies and so many women love Belladonna for that like she's really like opened up the door for women watching porn in a lot of ways sure and you know and I guess I'm one of those weirdos but you know when you work in that business for a long time I after a while it's not really fun for me to watch or my ex coworkers because we watch <laughs> so we watch so much of it, you know. Yeah. Like whenever I watch Joey Severus movie, I get excited when I see Joey petting his dog or something, or <laughs> he got a new furniture in his his yeah. house or something like that, you know. But highly recommend Belladonna's movie because behind it, you so first disc you see Belladonna fucking guys or fucking other girls, and you know it's the fantasy part. But the disc two or disc two and three, it's the behind the scene commentaries. And, and it, it was really interesting because you get to know the girls like as a person. And Andy Sam Demas said she used to work in a shop, I think. And she said that once they stopped buying DVDs, DVDs, the glamour DVDs, the glamour porn would die with it. And what she meant was anyone who's been buying porn for a long time, buying DVD or CD or VHS, when you used to go to shop, pre-internet age you have to pick up those box and the front box cover is so important because if you take a really good picture of girls or girls fucking it's going to attract guys because we're so visual right mm -hmm. so Andy Sandima is a very attractive girl and you're a very attractive girl as well and you know they take a good picture of you and it's the cover of Jason's something uh, movies they're going to pick they're going to base everything on the box cover you know what yeah. I mean so you have to take a good pictures of girl and she was saying that once people stop buying DVDs and they're just downloading the internet, it's not it's not really that necessary to take a good box cover pictures because that's gonna die with it. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. There's some fun about going to porn shop looking. Yeah. Because these, you know, you remember these guys sometimes spend hours in the shop. Oh yeah. Looking at each <laughs> fucking box, front, back, side. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. They spent as much time studying those boxes like women study Christian Louboutin shoes or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good comparison. I mean, you guys, women, <laughs> women are a great shoppers, you know. Um, like the key for Victoria's Secret is it was a place for men to go to places they feel uncomfortable. And salespeople know that. So when men walk in, all salespeople want to take care of men because men will buy something right away so they will show the most expensive stuff to men at Victoria's Secret a guy was like okay I'll just buy it and just let me get out of there whereas women are not intimidated they will spend time and, and, and get the best value for their money so men are really intimidated in Victoria's Secret but porn shop men will spend a lot of time yeah. I mean, they will spend a lot of time you know and a lot of questions you know and, mm -hmm. um, so the so the booth stuff with a gay man, uh, what was the policy there? Like, well, okay, we uh, we actually are uh, really lucky because the porn shop is uh, well over thirty years old now, and we were running off grandfather laws, so we were able. Uh, glory holes are now illegal in Arizona. If you're to open up a porn shop with an arcade, you can't you can't have glory holes, but we were still able to have them because uh, because we were running off the grandfather laws. Is that right? Yeah. Well, uh, what ended up happening eventually is we installed windows to where if there was money in both booths, 
it would unfog both of the windows so then you could see each other because it just got a little ridiculous having the glory holes but we did have glory holes for a really long time but we still had the illusion of them there like with the uh, unfogging glass I didn't know that we didn't that's interesting I work at three different shops we were, we had glory hole but we have to fill them up right away we could get in trouble for that Oh yeah, well, yeah. That's what uh, why we were lucky is because it was such an old shop, so we got to the grandfather law thing. And they, they, in in Seattle, they had this really weird laws, like that when you go to booth, we couldn't put locks in them, so you yeah, can yeah. lock the door. So sometimes these guys are going inside of the booth, jerking off, and and some of these gay guys cruising around. They will open the door, pretend like they didn't know there was a guy in there, which is a complete lie. It's, uh-huh. it's just such a bad acting, and uh, and nothing makes heterosexual men angry like when their pants are down, they're jerking off, and a gay guy opened up. Another dude boot. comes to look yeah. at him. And nothing against gay guys, but when you have pants down, you that's the most you can't defend yourself. You know? What yeah. I mean? Then you're the most vulnerable. Vulnerable. <laughs> I, like <laughs> you got a dick in one hand. <laughs> And you're watching dirty movies, which is taboo for most people in most societies. So, and there's a gay guy want to know, hey, what are you doing? What do you think we what they're doing? You know, um, and we had this rule where the doors, like, you have to cut the bottom like foot and a half on the bottom or two feet. Yeah, it can't be a full closing door. Yeah. Well, we just eliminated the door altogether. We just had a velvet rope. You put up the velvet rope if you're in the booth, but there was also a light above the booth so you could tell if there was money in the booth, which means that there's someone wait, in wait, there. Wait, wait, so if you have a velvet thing, people walking by, they could see you jerking off, right? No, no, no. We There was a corner you had to turn so you couldn't see the person. Ah. But uh, So those booths are pretty big. Yeah, our booths were nice sizes, but uh, so the international sign in our store was if the rope was down and the light was on, that means you're welcoming visitors. But if the light was on and the rope was up, that means no one's allowed in. I see. So that was how you could tell like who was gay and who was straight, like who was in there just to bust the nut and who was in there to play around. I didn't realize Scottsdale was, that's a pretty liberal policy. That's more liberal than places I work. And it's funny because uh, Arizona is a really Republican-driven state, and sure. especially Scottsdale, like that's where Joe Arpaio is, and they've been... Who? Uh, Joe Arpaio is the sheriff of Arizona. And is that he, the gay guy? No, 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 no. He uh, There was uh, actually in Tempe, they had a gay mayor. That's right. Okay. Yeah, but Joe Arpaio is the sheriff, very, very Republican-driven man, very like... Tough on illegal immigration, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like doesn't support gay rights or anything like that. And Scottsdale is known for having like really uh, uh, right wing uh, politicians there. So it was re- like it was really crazy. Like they uh, the the city of Scottsdale tried shutting our store down many times. People used to uh, like church groups used to come picket out front of our uh, shop every Sunday. For how, how long they, they were almost that, every Sunday? Or? Yeah, that lasted for a couple of years. And finally, actually, right before I started working there, that, that all stopped because, like, this is they, the Zorbas brought it up to the city. They're like, we can't keep having people do this. This is ridiculous. So it eventually stopped. But actually, the old mayor of Scottsdale, which is a very right wing place, got caught there licking cum off the ground. The old mayor of Scottsdale. I, I, I won't say his name, but. Yeah, <laughs> he got caught like crawling wait, how, from booth you, to booth wait, naked. Wait, 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 hold on, yeah. hold on. Wait, <laughs> how do you know? Were you there when that happened? No, it happened like two weeks before I started working there, I guess. So if you can put that timeline together. <laughs> 
He was literally on the floor. Naked, crawling from booth to booth, licking cum off the oh. ground. <laughs> and those were some... We had a really Are you making that chef. up? No, not at all. Not at all. Was that <laughs> a big news? Um, I think that like, someone got a little paid off to like not mention it, keep it a little on like the down low. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that involved. So I'm not a completely clear on the whole story, but that is a fact that that happened. I, I told one of my friends... Wayne Hentai. He used to work for AVN because Hentai? Oh, what a good name. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool name. Isn't it? Wayne Hentai. He did my podcast too. He's very knowledgeable about the business. He used to do PR for Bobby Starr and Lexington Steel. But Wayne and I, we, we were one time trying to figure out a scheme to make money in the business. And I thought, okay, so the rule was in 70s and 80s, they were making porn in New York City and San Francisco. And everybody started moving to LA because the sheriff's department in LA tried to arrest pornographer in LA saying what they're doing is a form of prostitution and they went to the court and actually the pornographer beat the cops it was a new precedent like filming on porn is not form of prostitution so the pornographer in New York and San Francisco they were having problem with their city so because of the new precedent they all moved to LA to make porno mm. Um, wait, what, what was the reason why I was stealing this example? Uh, Making money in porn? Oh, that's right. Thanks. So I thought, why don't, you, why don't we provide a service for rich guys who want to fuck porn girls? But if you just pay girls and fuck them, it's prostitution. So I say, you know how you have baseball, basketball, fantasy camp over the summer? So we have a fantasy camp for porno where... <sighs> <laughs> These guys will pay five thousand, ten thousand dollars. We have a camera. They take the test results, and they pay ten grand to fuck. I don't know. Let's say Proxy, Sparky, Tory Black, Belladonna, mm -hmm. whoever it is. What the girls want to do it, and since they're filming, it, it's not prostitution. They're actually making a movie, and um, they could do that. Well, what happened was somebody actually did that in Arizona like a year ago. Um, these guys will pay money to actually film them fucking a girl <laughs> in some warehouse in like Mesa or Phoenix or Scottsdale or something like that. Uh -huh. And cops came out, shut it down. They said that's a prostitution. It does. I think their argument was, if you're filming a movie, both male and female talents are working. They should get paid. The guys were actually paying to fuck a girl while filming it. So it's their production. Yeah, technically, they're technically. helping pay for the production. So that that was a scheme of we were trying to do, but we talked to a couple of lawyers and like, it was still kind of iffy. Yeah, the gray area. Yeah. Um, but you know, basically, as long as you have a camera, you're pretty much protected from the government. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a silly law to me, but oh. In the point that I used to work in Washington State, <laughs> taboo video. Bill Gates walked in one time. This is years ago. And this is way before the internet. Maybe 93, 94, 95, one of those uh, years. He went in and bought a bunch of magazines. But it was weird. So People in Taboo told me he got naked girls that dressed up like one of those science fiction characters or something like that. you know. And he paid with credit cards. But Bill Gates, they kept that. Um, the slip like a souvenir you know oh but man I would too <laughs> it's funny to see a guy who is considered a computer guy like in that position see, yeah. he, he was at the time richest guy in the world 
and you still have to go porn shot like any other jerk <laughs> off in your magazine because we're addicted, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And and proxy, I have to say, you're so non-judgmental. And, and and of course, women who hate pornography will look at you and women like Sparky and things like that. They think you guys are brainwashed, but it. I'm not excusing, but I, uh, nothing makes men feel better about themselves if if some women have sympathy what we go through because we just think about women being naked. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you guys are the closest thing to like. And this, you, you, you guys are never there to point a finger at us. I think you work in the business behind a counter, front of a camera. You know what I mean? I think you have a better understanding of men than most oh, women yeah. do. Oh, yeah. And that's the, like, that's the way it is with a lot of porn girls. Is like There's a reason why that they're able to do what they do. Because most girls can't just take off their clothes and get naked in front of a camera. Uh, they're not like in touch with themselves enough, confident enough, whatever the reason may be. Sure. But we are girls that are are like that we're confident enough to be who we are as people that's why we can do that on film that's why we're able to do that like we're able to make our movies because of who we are we're not who we are because of the movies that we make sure and there, like there's like sometimes it's the opposite for some girls but that usually shows on film and that's why some girls get more popular than others because you can tell when girls are just there like to do what they have to do and then go but then you can see like it shows in their um, performance if they're doing it because they really like it yeah and any guy to say that when they're watching a movie that they know when girls are really faking it or having an orgasm and I, I maybe I'm just one of those dumb guys but I worked for Evil Angel for nine years I watched I don't know how many hundreds hundreds thousands of, of thousands movies, of movies. <laughs> even even before working for Evil Angel working for retail for four years I've seen thousands of movies and like even I'm full, you know. Like I will meet girls actually in those movies, and I'll ask like, um, Bella Don, like, okay, fetish fanatic number three or whatever. You did a scene with um, um, Sandra Romaine. <laughs> Sandra Romaine and um, let's say Mark Wood or something like that. Um, did you have orgasm or whatever? Like it looks like you did, or she'll tell me like, no, you know, it's like. It's not that easy to catch. It is it, you still know? a performance art, yeah. and like you still do, like need to do what you have to do for the camera. Like there's a th- certain expectations in every scene. Like you, like you always want to see a girl come or something sure. like that. And maybe it's not just the right moment. It doesn't mean you're not enjoying it. Sure. But like that's the way it could be in real life too. So like some of the things are a little like forced or placed in there. Yeah. But like for the most part, the good people are very natural about it, and sometimes there are real orgasms. And you are great because um, I started going convention like 98 or 99. I didn't go, obviously I'm not going this week. As we speak, the convention's going out Vegas within a few hours. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go to one last year, but I went 12 years straight, I think. 12 or 13 years. And you could tell you could learn about the girl's personality, the way they were fucking, and also you could learn a lot about the girl at the convention flow, how they interact with their fans. You know, mm-hmm. the the girls who are like aloof and stuff, like they're just they're just doing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And you and Sparky are such a f- 
I, I think even if you didn't do porn, I know you guys are fun girls. Yeah. To hang out, funny. Christina Rose, Hall of Fame, interaction with fans. Bella Donna, I mean, she's the number one, you know, the way she interacts with her fans. And, oh, uh, yeah, in so many ways, the way she brings people into her movies with the behind the scenes, sure. interacting with fans in so many different ways. And her lines when she used to sign for your voyage, it's the long, yeah. so fucking long. It took me so long to get through her line. The first time I went to the convention, oh, I was like a kid in a candy shop. She almost have almost like a Bill Clinton-esque <laughs> connecting with people. What's your name? Give you a hug. Everything's okay. Mm -hmm. How's it going? Sign all their items. Take pictures. You know, she's fantastic. And... um, um it's it's good to see. Um, <laughs> you gotta get you. You gonna smoke? You you, you almost pause for a second so you could smoke. No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, no, you could smoke. Um, I, I could pause for a second. All right, we're back. What were we talking about <laughs> before you left? We we'll just pause. Um, how great porn girls are. <laughs> oh. Um, sorry, I forgot what we were talking about, but let's go. So you work at porn shop, you watch a lot of movies, and I could tell you're very knowledgeable, and um, you know the background. But how do you, how did you make transition from working at the porn shop to actually performing in front of the camera? Um, well, I got into the business with my really close friend, Lily LeBeau. And she used to do high fashion modeling work in New York. And when she came back to Arizona, she was looking for agencies to represent her. And there's no real agencies in Arizona. So she uh, sent her portfolio to a few places in Los Angeles. And one of them responded. And they're like, we're not the kind of agency you think we are. But we'd be very interested in representing you. So she Do you remember who it was? Uh, OC Modeling. Okay. That was the first agent that we were both with. And she she brought it up to me and she would always bring me lunch when I was working at the porn shop because at that time we were living together and she'd come hang out for like two, three hours sometimes. Before you continue, can you describe what, what uh, Lily looked like? She's five foot nine. Yeah. She's very tall. Yeah, she has really fair white skin, really dark, beautiful, deep brown eyes. And her mother's ethnic, like Latina? Uh, Pandamanian. Okay. I couldn't figure out. She's beautiful, but she had very distinct look and I couldn't tell what it was for a long time. Yeah, she's a fun blend of flavors for sure. So you you the person didn't think about during porn until Lily brought it up? Uh, no, no, it never really like occurred to me. Like I'd worked at the porn shop and watched a lot of porn. I was always bringing porn home to watch like at home. Always every new Belladonna film that came out, I'd bring it home so Lily and I could watch it. Yeah. We really liked the behind the scenes girls, of course. <laughs> How funny you were actually moving, watching the movies that actually I did the DVDs. So, <laughs> so that we all we both ended up starring in them later on. Yeah, and so you guys are watching, and Lily accidentally sent it to a porn, porn, porn people, obviously. Yeah, because OC modeling, like that doesn't sound like a porn agency. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay, so you guys made a decision to go and try to do porn. Mm hmm. And when was that? Like 2010? Uh, it was uh, at the end of 2009 in October, actually, is when or she shot her. We both shot our first movies in October. 
and she shot the first one like she uh and then she like came back and let me know about it she's like yeah that was a really great experience it was like it was like a college dorm kind of thing so there was a lot of people involved and sure. they were having a lot of fun on set there was like a water slide she wasn't scared inside. when she did it first time you don't think Oh, she was definitely really nervous, but that's like, it is kind of nerve wracking. I'm sure for everyone, the first few times you do it and it's like, it's still like, makes me really excited and nervous even still right before I do a scene. What did you do? What was your first scene? Do you remember? Uh, My first scene was for Reality Kings and it was something uh, like my, it was like my first porno and it actually was my first thing. And I remember working with Ramon. He was a really fantastic guy to work with for the first time. And he was one of the first people to ever make me squirt. And I didn't even really realize like I could do that. But he just, whoo, whoo, that Ramon. <laughs> Is that the Spanish guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. It's him and Nomar and Nacho Vidal, all the Spanish guys. Mm. And of course, uh, Tony Rivas, who is married to Asakira. Yeah, a lot of talent from Spain. Mm, those Spanish men with their flavor. <laughs> so you did that, and um, um, which was tougher? Which, which was you? Obviously, you both have families. So, was Lily's family cool with it, or did she hit from that away from her family? Um, uh, uh, Lily and I are both really close with our moms. And we both told our moms right away. So like once we decided we wanted to do it, like it was we did the calls on the same day because like we had been doing it for a couple of months and we're like, all right, this is something that we're going to want to do for a little while. So we're going to let like we both called our moms on the same day. She called her mom first and her mom was very good and motherly about it. She's like, I just want to make sure you're making the right decisions and everything. And like they had like a nice long talk about it and it ended really well. How, How was yours? (laughs) <laughs> mine I called my mom and I told her what I was doing and all she said was I'm not surprised she's really? like yeah <laughs> she was like I always figured you'd do something with sex coming home catching you kissing boys in the backyard and stuff like that she got a couple calls from the school because I got caught kissing a girl in the bathroom so my mom wasn't very surprised um, what was Liddy's last name for her stage name Labo Labo yeah I think the first time I saw her was she did a scene with Manuel Ferreira and I was working on that movie. I don't remember. Maybe that was Slutty and Slutty series or I think she did that one. She also did Raw with Manuel and um, I always thought she was very pretty. Uh, very fair skinned girl. Mm-hmm. You know, very pretty. Um, yeah, you wouldn't guess that she has Pandemanian in her no. but if you see like her eyes, it shows in her eyes and her hair and some of her features. She doesn't look like Cameron Diaz, but they both have Latin in them, but they're such a fair skin. Mm-hmm. It's Latin. a nice mix. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you did it for a couple months. Did she tell her dad about it? Um, her dad ended up finding out. And at that, uh, I'm not really sure. Do you sure. know how he found out? I always want to know that. Like, you don't know how your dad found out, right? Yeah, I'm still not sure. I didn't. My dad didn't know for at least the first three years, but then once the fourth year started rolling around, like he ended up telling me that he knew. He told me last year uh, during the AVN award show that he knew. I left the award show to talk to him. So <laughs> he texted you a culture or something? Or? Uh, yeah, he called me. So I stepped out to have a call with him, like to have a talk with him. And it was it turns out it was the night of the award show, my first time getting nominated. And then he tells me he knows. 
but as long as I'm happy and I'm healthy, that's all that matters. Okay. Which is still amazing. <laughs> I think it's, that's still amazing for most regular people. That's kind of funny. Like, I didn't realize, I kind of forgot that we both called our moms on the same day and we both decided not to tell our dads because we were like our dad's little angels. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's gotta be hard for men <laughs> having your daughter do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so you did it for a while. Um, anything that surprised you when you start performing in front of a camera? Anything or yeah, like uh, I, you don't really realize it when you watch porn that like porn sex isn't real sex. Like that's not how you fuck when you're at home in the bedroom for sure. And I I like all like there was a lot of things that I learned and like yeah, how you have to open up for the camera and like half the time the guy isn't even fucking you all with all of his cock because like you want to be able to see the cock going in and out so he's sure. only fucking you halfway so there's a lot of things that like I didn't really realize like, getting into it but I figured it out and then we then, and when we talking like it's, it's so deceiving when you watch porn because remember we were talking about it yesterday Sometimes I see a picture of a girl, um, like your friend Shana. Sheena Shaw. Sheena Shaw. I saw the picture of her. I've never met her, and I thought, oh, she must be really tall and like a big girl, not fat, but big girl, like Amazon-looking girl. Yeah. Then you told me she's really tiny. The optical illusions that are put on, like that are like done through the camera, are completely insane to me. Like. I like there are so many girls that I met and I thought that they were like big tall strong women and then they're just teen like Jenna Hayes for one she's just Jenna Hayes and uh, Sheena Shaw they're both teeny tiny little girls smaller than so me so skinny they're and I'm only five foot four and they're like little like they're tinier than me and then like some girls that I thought would be really big and voluptuous in person then or are uh, the opposite like yeah like they look tall and then they're really tiny in person or they look big and then uh, yeah like or they look small and then they're really big on film. Yeah, because when I... I think when I saw a picture of Annette Schwartz and Gianna Michaels, I thought, oh, these girls look tall and voluptuous. And not not big in a fat way, but they're just Amazon-looking girls. But there's other ones like I thought, oh, they must be really tiny. And when you meet them, like... They're actually really tall and not what you would expect. When I saw a picture of Ivy Star, I thought she'll be tiny. She's not a tiny little girl. Uh-uh. She's a big girl. Yeah, know? she's a woman for sure. And 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 one thing I have to say I love about Bobby Star is just how like she looks like she could be a soccer mom with like her smile and everything. She looks like she could just be like a housewife almost. But then you see her on film and it's just so the opposite of that. Oh, the opposite of the way she like looks and carries herself in person. She's tall, fair skin, dark hair, mm -hmm. very pretty. Um, you're right. She, she, when I see her, first couple of times I saw her, like, wow, um, she doesn't look porny to me. You mm -hmm. know? She's got that's what I love about her. And um. She's got a master's degree in music, you know. She played cello or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very talented girl. Um, it's funny how many like porn girls actually like use like their like 
the ability, like the money that they get from porn to like, like, ex like exceed in other ways, like to either like put themselves through college and they're actually really, really smart girls and they do really great yeah. things with the opportunities that they've been handed. Yeah, there's like Bella Donna, she's been doing all sort of um, acrobatic stuff right now. Mm -hmm. You see her in like Venice Beach or Santa Monica Beach, she'll climb up this pole with, um, you know, what's that Circus Soleil stuff in Vegas? Mm -hmm. She could do all that. You know, she, Valentine used to dance for John Stalliano's um, Fashionista musical. Oh, she did that for the AVN Award show like four or five years ago. And she, she has an unbelievable body control. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I really miss her a lot. I, have, I haven't seen her in a while. And uh, yeah. So you, you've been working um, in front of the camera and you know you're very adventurous um, um before we talk a little bit of travel do you mind talking some of the favorite male talent you work with and some of the female um that oh, you like yeah. let's talk about <laughs> female ones who's some of your favorite female performers uh well one of the more recent ones that i worked with who is just a goddess in the industry is Sandra Romaine. She's definitely one of my all-time favorite performers to work with and to watch because she's such like a powerful woman and a, like strong woman like on and off camera. So she was definitely uh, like a quite the treat to work with. She's really funny and comical, but like dominate like domineering all at the same time. I ha I have to make a note. I I um when I meet some of my uh, comedian friends or regular guys and and uh, when the porn conversation starts and they'll tell me they like ex-porn girl and I could usually tell if the guy knows a lot of what he's talking about but if they usually pick some let's say um, not picking on anyone with the blonde hair but if they pick some blonde hair big tits or big fake tits blonde girl for let's say um uh, vivid or something like that. Quite often they're picking those girls because they they look a certain way, right? Yeah. Pretty, whatever. The typical look. Yeah. But to me, I'm not saying all of them, but usually if, if, the, if the guy picks someone like that and I don't even consider vivid stuff really porn in, in a yeah. traditional sense, you know? It's... Um, that's the very like cookie cutter girl next door kind yeah. of stuff. If when they when they pick a guy girls like that, um, they usually don't know what they're talking about. For you as a woman to pick Sandra Romaine, <laughs> you really know what you're talking about. <laughs> She's a fantastic performer, and she has so much natural chemistry and sexuality that it's it's very intoxicating being around her and working with her and watching her she's very intimidating mm -hmm. she's definitely um if i have to pick top 20 all-time performers and intimidate male performers and stuff she's definitely one of those person and she's from romania beautiful wo uh, woman and she said something one time like what what difference does it make i'm paraphrasing what she said if I make one movie or 700 movies, once I make one movie, they're going to judge me. So she worked really hard and tried to take care of her family. I, I have a lot of respect for her. I was mm -hmm. dead. But the first time I met her, it was Venus Fair, which is the biggest porn convention in Europe, in Berlin, every October. And Steve Holmes, another great performer that you work with, mm -hmm. uh, Freak of Nature, 
he's the old school guys like Rocco and Nacho and Manuel, guys who worked in the business before Viagra. They could get hard because they're really into girls. And Castellano are against guys using artificial stuff because they they he think for you to have a good scene, you really have to be into that girl, and that's the only reason why your dick is hard. But if, yeah. you, if you're cheating it, it's probably then you're cheating it. You're cheating and simple. it, and the energy of seeing. I think amateur porn watchers probably don't notice it, but I'm so hypersensitive. I watch enough, like mm-hmm. you could tell, like oh. She's doing it because she have to pay a rent or she have to help pay f- bills of her boyfriend slash mm, pen. Yeah. And this guy is doing it because he doesn't know how to do anything else. But I'm not a big fan of people using Viagra or what's that? Capper yeah, Jack? It should, yeah, it should be a natural mm, thing. Capper Jack where they're putting shots oh, in their dick. that injection thing. Yeah. Oh, man, No. So you you picking Sandra man? When I met her, Steve Holmes, that's another old school guy working behind the counter. I took picture of her, and I asked like I was just kind of joking. So, oh, can I eat your pussy out? She's like, okay. Like she just let me do it on a convention floor. <laughs> and you couldn't even do that now in Vegas, but no, you can barely touch the girls now. No, but ten, eleven years ago, you could. You, if you're nice to a girl, you could convince him to do that. Like mm-hmm. I. I um, it took me a couple of years to be feel comfortable around porn girls, but if you're nice to girls and very respectful, and if you're saying something funny, they're okay with it. They just don't like when you just grab it without not getting permission or yeah, because then you're being disrespectful. Yeah. And like we are still human beings that deserve respect regardless of what we do. Sure. So like I ask like, oh, can I grab your butt while I'm taking your pictures, or can I put my face? Yeah, if you're polite about it, you're yeah. still being polite. As long as you do that. They're very, very nice, you know. And um, yeah, Central Roman let me eat her out on the convention <laughs> floor in Berlin. And people walking by, it was no big deal. Steve just didn't want me to do that because, um, you know, I think he, he wasn't was, sure of the situation yeah, what was going on. Maybe He's I was just looking out it. for his girl. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's fans want to take pictures of Sandra Roman. He's this creepy Asian guy eating her out. But yeah, after I got to know Steve, became a good friend. I have a lot of respect for Sandra, but I'm really am intimidated by her. A uh, woman like her. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Kelly Stafford. Um, Gianna Michaels. Gianna Michaels for sure. Uh, fellow Seattleite. And um, um, I think Monique, the black performers, man, she was intimidating. She'll be fucking like. Four, fire, yeah. Ugh. She'll be fucking like four or five guys. And these are like old school male talent pre Viagra. Big dicks and they could get hard, but she'll say like, "That's all you got." When they're fucking the fuck out of her, and she, that's all you got. And like, you know, my f- friend Guy De Silva is just like, "Man, even I, I have to bring a game tomorrow because I'm doing scene with her." You know, so these are the women you really have to show respect. Yeah, I know some male performers that won't even book uh, a shoot before an, uh, the day before another shoot if the day if the shoot the day after is like a really big important scene for them for a big company or with a really popular girl or however it may be, and they won't book they won't work the next like the day before because they want to bring their A game and I yeah. appreciate stuff like that. That's very admirable. Way to have some integrity, man. And and guys like that um, are fantastic. Um, so Sandra Romain, you like. Uh, we both love Belladonna, one oh, of the of greatest course, of all of time. Course. Um, she is the way I explain to Belladonna to everyone is just imagine if you combine Tracy Lord <laughs> pre turning eighteen, 
you combine her with Julia Roberts. To me, that's Belladonna because her personality, the, her smile, the way she connect with people, how sweet she is. But she is ferocious when she fuck front of the camera. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I remember she did a scene with uh, Rocco and Nacho Bidal. Like those two guys are fucking animals. You know, one of the best performers of all time. And um, yeah, I, I have much love for her. And she's retired now. So um, check out Ro Sandra Roman Belladonna. We both like Annette Schwartz. How would you describe Annette Schwartz to people? A German goddess. Oh, man. She's like one of the craziest girls also that's ever hit the industry. Like before she ever got into porn, I was heard that she got arrested for doing a gangbang in an alleyway and sucking a random guy's cock on the street like yeah. while he was pumping gas or something like that. So she's, yeah, she's a true like sex fanatic as well. She's amazing. And I, I, I really love to see her movies with our good friend Jake Malone. Oh, Jake Malone. Such a crazy guy, but man, is he brilliant. Jake Malone, uh, I think he still make movies for Evil Angel, but his stuff is really dark and edgy. I love that. I so much, I really appreciate that style from him because he does it in such a genuine, good, real way. And he has such an eye for things. Like what I've got, I was actually friends with him for a while. And when we'd go out shopping, like he just had an eye for the things that he knew yeah. would be like good on a girl. And like it wouldn't necessarily be things that you would think of before. But he could just like, when he put them on a girl, and he was also very good at choosing the girls that he put in his movies that could play these roles really well. Sure. So like, but he could make a horse head on someone look sexy. Like he just like, th that was his style. Like he could pull that off really well. Now this director I'm going to mention now, it's way before your time, but Gregory Dark, he used to be also evil angel director and um, he made an interesting transition later on from porno. Do you remember Twin Peak, the sh uh, TV show? Mm -mm. Okay. That was <laughs> <laughs> just show how old I am. Um, it was filmed in Seattle and it's, it's it has full of mythology and mystery by David Lynch a lot of weird shit happened okay, like, yeah. uh, like Mulholland Drive but it was way before that movie and it was movie and TV series uh, Gregory Dark used to do these like bizarre porn scenes you know um, bunch of guys dressed up as a fly like uh, these insects <laughs> and hover over naked girl and fuck them or they would have this like almost like a racist Chinese mask and fucking guy, but it was a really interesting film. Jake Malone did that kind of weird stuff, but it's it was a combination of that weird stuff plus it was really dark. Yeah. So sometimes they would have a meeting at Evil Angel like like uh, bitchcraft. Yeah. yeah like oh uh, that's too violent or that's too weird or girls are kidnapped and they have to run away from guns because <laughs> there's certain rules in porn like you can't have girl tied up and getting fucked. <laughs> Yeah, or he's had a couple of his movies get turned down because they're just too extreme. That almost happened with the movie I did with him, too. Yeah, you know, so I, wa I used to watch that movie and like, oh, this looks kind of questionable. The reason I mention it, I think one of the movie behind the scene, um, I don't think we put it in the movie, but Jake Malone made Annette Schwartz just pee on the floor. in a, I think they're fucking in the yard or something, or patio. She peed. And she made an issue for scream, this German girl, because he bent over and started drinking her piss from the floor. And 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 Annette does a lot of extreme shit, you know? She snorts cum, yeah. tells guys to come in her eyes. Yeah. And 
But she she screamed like, "Oh my god!" She's I, I was shocked. Like, you do all this crazy stuff, but drinking your piss is the one making you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and Jake Jake. <laughs> he, he's great he went to prison for a long time yeah. and uh when he got out you know um he went in for drugs or something but yeah jake i haven't seen him in a while but great movie it was really edgy really interesting he's a true madman he's like a mad scientist i, I really yeah. like him he uh he's <laughs> does this make sense he's the spike jones of the porn <gasps> yeah in a sense for sure i could definitely see that uh, let's mention a couple other ones. The male talent will jump, and maybe we will end the part one for now. We'll do another one. But who's other? Let's talk a couple other girls that you like. Um, uh, some of the other female performers that I really like to work with is Dana Diarmond because she is a true like she's like one of the purebred like whores that's out there. Like she really loves what she does. She's genuine about it. Very crazy and outrageous. Like some of the things that she says that come out of her mouth are just so shocking. But like that's her. That's the kind of girl she is. Like she's, she's real great. life too. She's she's got she's uh, we were talking before the show, you you for whatever reason, even though you're not really Jewish, you have a you connect with a lot of Jewish girls. <laughs> Dana Daramon is Jewish. And also, she's one of the few performers actually use her real name. Mm-hmm. So she really doesn't hide anything from people. No. She's extremely smart, fun girl to talk, but boy. Doesn't care if she offends people at all. If you say something stupid, she would just kind of She'll put let you, you down. know. <laughs> She'll let you know. <laughs> and he's, he's dating a really funny comic, Nick, Nick Yusuf. So there we go. You know, funny, funny girl. Great performer. She's done a couple of Jake Malone movies, too. Um, any other ones that you like that we don't uh, we haven't mentioned? Lily uh, Lily LeBeau is definitely one of my favorites. Not only because she's my best friend, because she is a very very passionate passionate girl. You can see it in her movies, and that's why people love her so much. Is just because yeah. like you see like that like she has like a dark side on the inside, like deep down in it, like it comes through, and it's so intoxicating and sexual. And I love to work with her because she's genuine about it as well. I only like I. I'm drawn to the genuine people. Mm-hmm. So she's one. And Sheena Shaw is also very fun, very outrageous. Like, they're like one of the top gonzo girls right now. Like, there's not a lot of real good gonzo girls around anymore, but she's definitely like one of the newer ones that's like, hold, like keeping that title true and strong. And I, I have to say, I've, I'm still surprised she's a tiny girl. Oh, Francesca Lay too. I have to say, mention her. She is very, very great to work with. I love her. She, she can help guide you through. Like I was really nervous to work with her at first, but she, she's been like, in business for a long time. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for that woman. She's married to Mark Wood. Yes. They? Oh God, they're such a good combination. They have. They have to be one of the longest married. They're duo. such a power couple. Oh my gosh! And like they have such a strong, good relationship too. They haven't like they don't let petty little things like oh fucking someone else like yeah. they they don't worry about that. Like they're in love. They know that they love each other, and like it just like it shows through. And she, I think right after I got fired, she became one of the evil angel director, which is like, you know, whatever they would, the- yeah, her and Mark would. Whatever the difference I might have uh, with Evil Angel, I'm not going to get into detail, but it's like if you become one of the directors for Evil Angel, it's kind of like since Evil Angel is called Evil Empire, mm-hmm. um, like playing, you're like one of the players for New York Yankees because New York <laughs> Yankees are called the Evil Empire too. You know what I mean? Like 
I don't think there are It's any definitely a certain class and status and caliber of people that are allowed to be directors for them. And I'm sure they're still making money, but if you're a director from like early 2000 or late 90s, boy, being an evil angel director is one of the, it is the most prestigious directorial job. Mhm. Like, can world. you name like directors from Vivid? Not really. Like, no. you can name the directors from Evil Paul Thomas, Empire. Thomas, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah, not many. But Evil Angel. The reason why it's so prestigious because um, because John understood incentive. They he let the directors own the movies, so he gave the directors incentive to make the best movies. Mm-hmm. And if they make the best movies, they will sell more products. And the more product they sell, they keep most the of the money. It is for them. I think John just keep like I don't know. 20%, 25%, whatever the cut, but rest of it, the directors keep. So this is a reason why Evil Angel generally have the best quality movies if you're into gonzo movies. Mm-hmm. If you're into future movie where you need to have story, uh, there's other good company that does that. But Evil Angel have to be top biggest player in gonzo. Oh, yeah. Juice Jordan, Elegant Angel. The elegant, yeah. for sure. And if you're watching internet porn, then it's, it's you know, um, um, Brazzers, Reality King, yeah, Naughty America, and things like that, yeah. Um, so, any, any other girls before we jump into guys that we, we um, um, oh shoot, I've worked with so many like great girls that I really, really enjoy working with. Is there certain ladies that uh, used to be in business but no longer, but you wish you could have worked with them? Oh man, well, obviously Annette Schwartz. I was so bummed when she got into the uh, like mm-hmm. that she got out before I. Okay, I'll rattle off a few girls that sure. got out before I ever uh, was able to have the ability to work with them. There's Gia Paloma, Annette Schwartz, uh, Rebecca Lanieres. Why Rebecca? Oh God, she's just such a little sex vixen. I love her so much. She's just like she's so crazy and just sexy, and mm, I loved watching her. She's scene. Spanish and uh, she's tiny uh-huh. and a very pretty girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, there's there's a big list of girls. Jada Fire was one of them. I really wanted to work with her. Is she out of the business now? Uh yeah, she got out uh, okay. just as I was getting in, which I was really bummed about. And oh, Brianna Love, she was one too. I really always, I loved her because she just, she just seemed like she was so much fun. She seemed like a, just like a cool girl. Like, and you could see that she had a cool personality through her scenes because she would giggle and laugh and smile in her movies. She is extremely cute girl. She almost had her and Lexi Love. Do you know Lexi? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, both of those two girls, they have, they both are very pretty, but they both have that. Um, I don't know if this makes sense. They have a very cute anime face. Yes, you know they do. They they're very cartoon like and expressionable. Like Lexi Love have this big like anime eyes. Uh huh. And they both make this like a really young girl's voice. You know what I'm talking about? Oh God, their voices. <laughs> and Brianna Love is. I don't know, five three of she's not that tall. Yeah, no, she's small. Small girl. breasts, but big butt. Yep, yep. <laughs> and she's 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 really cute. And um Yeah, she must left like two, three years at least before you even thought about getting into the business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she disappeared and um she had a kid. And Lexi loves doing the business, but I just saw a clip of uh, of her when she just turned 18 and she still looked young but Jesus she was getting interviewed by Luke Ford who's considered as 
Matt Drudge. You know, he writes, he used to write about rumors about porno, but Luke interviewed Lixie Love, and she looked like 12 in this thing, you know? And, um, yeah, she's really cute. Um, it's kind of weird to see these girls that you kind of grow up and um, almost like a high school reunion, even when they retire and disappear and they showed up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do miss a lot of the Like girls. Sandra Romaine, she was one. She was out for a long time, but now she's back in. I do miss a lot of them, but once they disappear, I don't contact them. Yeah, because if they're gone, like they're gone. Then let them be. Because <laughs> it was hard to get in, and I'm sure it's hard to get out. And once they get out, they all have a reason why. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring them bad memories or something, you know. But it's kind of, I, I, I wish they would say goodbye before they leave. But if they disappear and if I text a couple of times, they don't respond, I just live it along, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, any other girls that you, you, want, you wish you could have worked on? Brooklyn it, Lee, I missed her. Uh, like we were, we were there together and actually um, Jason was going to book us in a scene together and the day he called Mark, the, the day she was getting out. So Mark Spiegler. Yeah. The biggest and the most honest uh, talent management. Oh man, manager. he's great. He's been my saving grace since I've never had, like since I, I only had an agent for the first three months I was in, but then I decided to be my own agent and he's definitely helped me out a lot. So I really respect that man. And no one comes with the honesty like Mark Spiegler when I first met him I didn't like him I'm not gonna lie to you I want to punch him in the face because, <laughs> because he caught me talking to Annette Schwartz I was like that ah, that's really funny I just remember the first time I met Mark and I kind of felt the same way because he was just like trying to like oh yeah that's funny but about Annette Schwartz yeah be- <laughs> because as you know I got you on Dave's Old Porn mm-hmm. I took the Tonight Show and I do stand up so I meet a lot of show business people and whenever they need a porn girl for like TV or movie or something they will contact me and I don't know what TV show it was they needed like a porn star and for some reason they were looking for European porn star and Annette just happened to be signing for Evil Angel I worked for that company worked behind the booth so I started talking to her like oh would you be interested in TV this and that and Mark just came over like, if as though I'm like a, some creepy fan I am creepy but I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a fan I worked for Evil Angel at the time and this was a legitimate TV gig. And he just got on my nerve. Like, why are you talking to her? Like, like yeah, calm he's, the fuck down, you know? Yeah, he's not out there to be people's friends. He is who he is, and he's yeah. good at being who he is. Yeah, I just didn't like the way he come at me. And like, I thought, I work for Evil Angel. I'm not doing anything weird, you know? So I ended up not contacting her because I didn't want to have problems. But having said that, I always hear the same thing. He never rip off the girls. He's very honest. He never tried to fuck any of them. Uh, he makes sure to provide them with a career advice, mm-hmm. retirement plan. I got to say, you know, um, because there are a lot of scumbags as a manager and agent. Oh, yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> they call themselves agents, managers, but really a lot of them are basically Suitcase pimps. Yeah. yeah. So he was great. So he took care of a lot of them. So, um, um Okay. Uh, uh, any old school girls that you like, like Tracy Lord, or did you like? Oh, of course, I liked her. Oh, who is that one girl with the bangs that died? Oh, shoot, she died what? Uh, in a car accident. Was um, it Anna Mall? No, it wasn't her. Hmm, I can't really think of. Was well, it pretty uh, within last ten years or? No, before that. Oh, well, there was a lot back then. You know that drive from 
Vegas to LA after the convention in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of dangerous because before the traditional porn convention that the Vegas was during CES, Concerned Electronics Show, so it was convention was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Saturday night you have an AVN award show. So they do the award show, they stay up late, get up early in the morning Sunday to do the convention for all sign everything. Then after that, after that, a lot of them would like, some of the people drive after the convention for, after four days of Vegas with convention and the award show and all the parties. It's really exhausting. And like, yeah. So it's, it's not surprising when people drive back getting a car accident and get killed. I mean, yeah. you know. Anna Mo, she died, car accident. She was one of those like, great performer and great with fans you know so it's really really sad that she passed away mm-hmm. um, very unfortunate let's talk about male talent that you like working with so there's one in particular that I was a huge 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 fan of uh, okay two but this one definitely takes the cake so is it Rockhole uh, okay there's three yeah. <laughs> um, no, the original, like the main one I'm talking about, who's the one that I've got to work with the most, mm-hmm. is Rico Strong, and he's a uh, black performer. And is he short? Yeah, he's short, but he has a 12 inch cock. Yeah. So, I uh, I discovered him through Belladonna, her Dark Meat series, and then I started seeing him, and he always would have like cool yeah. like designs in his hair. He had tattoos, and like he like he was he was pretty funny on camera. Like he like some of the things he would say, and like how he would interact with the girls was really unique and like so he's not a weirdo right oh he is in his own respects for sure but <laughs> no, okay when i say weirdo i uh, but I like he's I, not creepy he's not right. like off-putting at all because i i enjoy when belladonna is talking to girls and behind the scenes but he she will also talk with her husband's maybe now ex-husband i don't know what's going on with her and aiden but they would talk to talents and then like one behind the scene they were talking to Rico Strong and he seemed pretty normal like mm-hmm. oh you know when when most of the guys don't really talk in porn you know it's it's all about the girl so guys are basically like furniture you just you just fuck her and just keep your mouth shut and yeah. come when we tell you to come and you know but but he was one of the more exciting guys uh, him and uh uh, Mr. Pete like those were two guys that I was really really big fan of back when I was working at a porn shop like I'm not big on like looking for guys in movies but the four main guys Mr. Pete, Rico Strong, Rocco Sofredi of course and Steve Holmes those were my main guys that I would watch like I would actually look for movies with them in it yeah. over a girl so Mr. Pete used to be married with Alexis Texas. I don't think they're married anymore. No, really? They seemed like they had such a good relationship. I th- I think they just really keep it on the down low. Uh, well, at least that was my impression. But mm-hmm. Alexis Texas, like, beautiful girl. Okay. Big, wrong, fair skin, bubble butt. And a uh, beautiful girl, great talent. And I thought they were a good couple. But Mr. Pete is interesting because he's always been cool with me. But like us... And I think this is something you could relate to. Mr. Pete used to work at a porn shop in Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. In fact, this porn shop that he used to work, if I remember right, they used to do a Hall of Fame ceremonies during the porn convention. Like um, John Stallion won award, so did Joey. And one of John's girl that he used to work, I'm sorry, I, I forgot her name, but she was like one of the 
You know how Woody Allen used to have his favorite female actress in the, the movies throughout his uh-huh. career? This one particular girl used to be in early John Stelliano movies. So when they um, did a Hall of Fame thing for her, and you know in the Hollywood star when uh, people bent over and put their hands Men. in this uh, um, cement you know, <laughs> before it dried out, put their hands. Well, this girl, I forgot her name, she pulled her panties down and pants down and, and put her butt prints <sighs> and put, signed her name and things like that, you know. And Mr. P used to work at the porn shop in Vegas. And I think he used to kind of bug the guys during the ceremony. And if I remember right, how do you get into business, blah, blah, blah. And he's one of those few guys actually went from porn shop into a major town. And now he's probably done probably done he's one of the most worked guys for sure yeah he's probably fucked over a thousand girls by now oh yeah nice guy i think he's probably had marijuana or two in his lifetime and (laughs) and, uh he's a cool dude but when i met him like it's so deceiving a lot of these guys are really i mean their dicks are huge but not tall. I'm like Steve Holmes, one of the tall guys. Yeah, I I was really shocked about that too. How like not tall some of these James guys Dean are. James Dean is another short guy. Yeah, like when I met them in person, I was just like, wow, I, wow, the the the, the camera really does play tricks on you. There's so many optical illusions. And great performer, um, but Rocco and Steve Holmes. Not only do they have huge decks, but they're tall, yeah, they're big, big guys. Big guys, yeah. And out of the four guys that you mentioned, um, I I have to say, Rocco, no disrespect to um, um, Ron Jeremy, because I think Ron Jeremy is most famous porn person, at least in the male talent. Oh, yeah. In North America. But out of the four that you mentioned, out of the four people that you mentioned, Rocco Sofredi is probably the biggest heterosexual male talent at least in the Europe. Oh, if not the world. world. No, I have I actually my old roommate, his best friend named his son after Rocco Safredi. So yeah, he's he's big. He's almost a household name. He's definitely a household name in Europe. Yeah. He um he's very tall. He's taller than me, so he's gotta be six two at least. Uh, well built. He served in the Italian military. He used to box He's an alpha male guy. He loved riding a um, helicopter. He, he knows how to fly a helicopter. He, he actually have a tank in his... Uh, <laughs> he has a lot of things in Rocco land. <laughs> which is like his home in Budapest, but huge land. And you told me he has about 7,000 trees. In- yeah, he planted 7,000 trees around his property. And it's such a thick amount of trees that you cannot see into his property. Yeah. <laughs> And he has motorcycles, literally tanks in his backyard, helicopter. Um, There's a, a two-story rock wall in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> to describe him to American uh, listeners, he's he's built like John Elway, the quarterback. <laughs> but he's got a goofy sense of humor like Sam Malone from Cheers. Like mm-hmm. he could, He's not afraid of being a goofy guy. No, not at all. There is a uh, commercial he did in Italy a long time ago. Potato chips? Yeah, 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 that one. And it's so common. I've had French patatas. I've had Hungarian patatas and uh, American ones. But the best are the Italians because it's the same word for chip and pussy. So, <laughs> so good. 
And Vatican got really angry with him because he keeps saying chips, chips, chips. And mm-hmm. I guess it's like you were saying, it means like p- pussy or something it's like that. It's a cute word for pussy, pussy as well. And it's hard to describe how big Rocco is because he does like, he just did this TV reality show for Rupert Murdoch's Fox about Rocco's life as porn star and a husband and a father and businessman. Yeah, yeah. And he does commercials. He's been in like talk show in, in Europe. He's actually even bigger star in France than Italy. He's Italian, but he's huge in France and he speaks perfect French. He's also very political too. So uh, he's, yeah, he has his hands in everything. Very talented man. And to describe if you're not a fan of porn, Rocco and John Stalliano is kind of like, uh, well, you're looking at your cat? Yes. <laughs> my baby. What's your cat's name? My, my cat's name is Napalm and he's been <laughs> sitting in my lap for most of this uh, podcast. <laughs> And here he comes to sit back in Mama's lap. Oh, I love very him. Very pretty cat. <laughs> but Rocco and John Stalliano relationship is very similar to the way Martin Scorsese had with Robert De Niro. Like when John and, and Rocco used to make movies, I mean, that was a big event. Like mm-hmm. if you watch any of John's early films, and you work at porn shop, they're, they're really absolutely the best. Like John, oh, the yeah. father of Gonzo, and Rocco Sifredi. One of the best performers of, of all, all time. time. Yeah, for sure. And he's 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 a star, you know. Like he's he's such a weird category. He really is the star of a porn. He's very charming. He could do goofy stuff. He could do acting. It's one of the only times you watch a scene and you're not watching it for the girl. Yeah, <laughs> and he has a massive uh, gay fan base. Like gay guys will watch movie where he's fucking girls, and they don't it, like watching girls getting fucked. But but it's Rocco yeah. doing it. And uh, so. Rico, um, uh, I don't know a lot about Rico. He seemed like a nice guy, and uh, oh yeah, he's really like he is actually a really normal guy and yeah. really cool, and very funny, very friendly, like great to work with. Very, com- he made me feel very, very comfortable. And he doesn't seem like uh, women hating porn guy. None of those guys do. I mean, I think some guys might say something weird about Rocco because they think Rocco is abusive to women. Because he's so domineering in some of that, but that's... Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, he's got a huge dick and he's very passionate about women. So I, I, I just think Rocco just have to pick a girl who is okay with that. And a, a, a 99% of the time he does, you know, mm-hmm. and a great performer and passionate. But finally, our good friend Steve Holmes... <laughs> How would you describe Steve? Wow, he is definitely like one of a one of a kind and he like his like yeah, I can't even begin to describe him. There's just so much to say. He's German? Yeah, he and He's very tall and skinny. Yeah, his okay, so at his With home, his like, dick. He, like if in his personal life, like his like before he got into the business, his wife and him were swingers. And he's very open about like his family. Like he was showing me um, because before we ever worked together, we met on a personal uh, level. And I went over to his house and spent the night and hung out for a while. And he in was in Hungary. The, uh, no, no, no. This was when he was visiting in Los Angeles. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, at the house that he was staying at, and he was showing me pictures of like his family and his kids, and like his kids and his wife, and like yeah. they all walk around the house naked. It's a very like open household. And he's just, he's a real, true sexual deviant, like to the bone. 
and yeah, he has a very unique lifestyle and personality and way of living. Oh yeah, there's just too much to like to say about that. But man. isn't it sad? Like we consider that perverted because in Germany, um, Germans, if you look, if you study German politics, there's Green Party. Germans love nature, and it was common for like Germans to like with the whole family go to Rhine, the river, you know, famous river in Germany, skinny dip, swim. Yeah. If the whole family's naked, they don't think anything twice because they're not deviant, perverted in a way. When Nazi took over Germany, the first thing they did was they took care, got rid of burlesque, anything with like a nakedness and things like that, where they didn't have any shame. It wasn't like a pedophile thing either. It was like Germans had a very healthy attitude about nudity and so yeah. on. And um, we in this country, we just think everything nudity is perverted, you know. And uh, well, in America, yeah, not yeah. so much here in Amsterdam. No. <laughs> and Steve, I think he used to work for Lotus or IBM in Germany. Just like a very smart business guy. But I think one day, I think he told me he tried to do porn when he was seventeen. Got kind of scared supposedly. But working for big corporation in Germany. He got tired of it. He asked his wife, it's okay to do porn. She was cool with it. In fact, the way you they met, like you were saying, there was some theater where people were fucking and she was with, with another guy and Steve liked her and started like messing around with her supposedly in like movie theater and, and mm -hmm. they've been together ever since. And Steve is an old school pervert. Yeah. First time I saw him in Barcelona at the Barcelona Erotic Film Festival and they had a live sex show he went up and he fucked two girls on stage in front of hundreds if not thousands <laughs> of people no problem and he's so honest about what he's into he's not yeah. ashamed at all yeah and he's very generous in a way he's very much like traditional european gentleman love classical music love art mm -hmm. love fine cigar and wine and love oyster <laughs> and he told me he used to go kick cat club which is a Anything goes club in Berlin. He'll do anything. He never hides anything from uh, any of the stuff from his wife. And he give you a great performance, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, did you work with him? No, we've ever we've never actually worked on film together. Oh, how that's interesting. Not, that's not to say we haven't done other things. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've definitely hung out in that way in personal, but no, we've never worked together. Oh, interesting. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah. So if, if if you're looking for you know if you want to show respectful porn, check out Rocco Sofredi's, Mr. Pete, uh, Rico, Rico Strong, Strong. It's Steve Holmes. Steve uh, Holmes, he is a king in his own way. I like I I definitely think of him and Rocco in the same respect in a lot of ways because they're both they've been around for so long. They're both powerful men. They're real men. They're like they they have a lot in common, but they're definitely not the same person. No, they're different, but they 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 have passionate. Uh, I, I have to say, Steve is more into like some deviant and like really perverted stuff, and I guess that's the German thing that comes out. That true sexual deviant. Oh and man, I love him so much. Oh, I ha I have like like I have like a little crush on Steve Holmes for sure. And any girl that tell me they love Steve Holmes and love working with him, Christina Rose is another one. Mm -hmm. uh, they say a lot about the girl like oh anyone who any girl that say love working with Steve Holm is a girl who loves porn and not who's also a true pervert herself. true pervert yeah <laughs> and 
Oh, he's fantastic. I, I really miss I haven't seen him in a good year and a half, two years. But, um, yeah, the, you know, uh, whoever's listening to this particular episode, uh, this one is more graphic when I'm down. I interview a lot. Oh. Of, <laughs> I, I don't mind. I, I, I like interview, I interview like comedians and human rights attorney, military people and poet and all this kind of stuff. And but, then uh, pretty soon a 92-year-old woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Amsterdam <laughs> tomorrow to interview her. But yeah, um, I want to. I would. Uh, I would like to tell one story because, like, the, I finally have an opportunity to tell it. Yeah. Just to like show like how big of a pull Rocco has out here in Europe. The day after I worked for him, I was flying, uh, which was in Budapest. I was flying back to Italy because I was staying out there with some friends, and I was just so smitten and excited that I had just finally got to work for Rocco. That when I got onto the plane, I was I was sitting next to an Italian guy, and I just I had to, I just had to. Right. So I was like, because we started talking, and I was like, so do you know who Rocco Sofredi is? And he was like, oh, my father, yes. Yes, that's my father. What? No, and it wasn't. He was like he was joking about it, but like that oh, was, he was how he joking. felt about Rocco. Yeah. Like that's how so many people feel about him and how connected he is with the public. That like it was. I just thought it was really funny that he would like referred to him as his father. And I was like, oh, guess what I just did with your dad? Yeah. <laughs> was he shocked? Oh yeah, he was like, uh, just, he he didn't talk for a little while. Like his jaw just dropped. Sure. He was just like. I was like, oh, hold on, I'm gonna one up this, and I showed him a picture, and then he's like, <gasps> he like crossed his legs, and <laughs> it was really funny. I'm I'm telling you, um, <laughs> I've talked in other podcasts. I'm not gonna talk about it, but I got fired from Evil Angel. But Rocco was one of the few people who went out of his way to call me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really nice of him to do that. And I I have a lot of respect for him, and boy, I I don't know how many hundreds of movies of Rocco's I. I did DVDs for Rockles. It's got to be pushing at least 200 movies. The Animal Trainer series. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and... Um, there, Yeah, my favorite one was Animal Trainer 25. And was it, it was, was with that rock wall that he has in his house. And he had a girl suspended by bungee cords. And he would like slap her in the face. She would spin around. Then he would grab her and make her suck his cock. And then like smack her again and she'd twirl around oh man those movies I don't remember that one who's in it do you remember they were mostly Eastern European girls and uh, I wasn't too sure who they were I'm already blanking like I can't remember all the other titles <laughs> I've done for Rocco but like American Angel in Paris that was great um, you know I just um, uh, all the other feature film they Rocco did and um He's he really is man, and he's never been like cocky about it. You know, that's I kind of like that about him. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and he's real man's man, and he like boxing, and like it's it's really fun to talk to him. And uh, he's real and humble too. Yeah, and it's it, nice. And uh, American audience no idea how big he is in Europe. Oh yeah, like literally is a household name out here. Like Manuel Ferreira, it's another guy who has won three to four performer of the year award yeah i think he won like four times performer of the uh year award he's a european he's very good looking great performer but i think manuel is actually kind of shy guy he's really sweet mm-hmm. and shy so i i think i think because of that 
maybe he doesn't really go out of way to promote himself in some yeah, way. Yeah, he doesn't exceed in that way. But Rocco really starts. There's something about Rocco magnetism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think women are gravitate to him, and he's he's a little over fifty now, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, he still performed without any. Viagra whatnot, you know. These guys are old school guys. These are special group of men. They were filming shit before Viagra, and um, uh, I, I don't. It's just definitely Hall of Fame director, performer, a father of three boys, a great <laughs> husband, and um, reality star in Europe. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you got to work with them. I mean, that's that. Um, Me too. That was the like. That was the last thing I had to do. Like that was the last like. The checklist, like the last thing on my bucket list for the porn industry, like working for Rocco, which I like wasn't sure it would ever happen, but then it did. Do you have any other uh, funny story about any of those uh, girls or male talent or uh, any anecdote or anything before we finish this one? Oh man, I'm so sure that I do. I have lots of stories, but um, hmm. Well, we could take a break. I mean, we, it's, <laughs> it's been long enough. Um, so before we finish, um, Nico, I know you're listening to this episode. <laughs> you're you live in Sweden, and I hope you uh, take care of uh, my. Uh, take care of me, Nico. Come on. Take care of Proxy <laughs> with tattoo artwork, and um, uh, please uh, continue to listen to the show. I have um, iPhone app, Yoshiden app. It's free to download. Oh. And uh, go yoshiden.com to donate money when you can. But uh, but funny, we finishing this now. Let's talk about once again your project. Uh, what was the website where they could go and vote for you and donate money for? It's offbeater.com, and the project is called Proxy Infiltrates Europe, and it's to help uh, dreams come true. So go there and donate and help me out, and I'll definitely, I definitely have ways of rewarding you for all the generous donations that you'll be making. Yeah, next time after you have this project done, maybe we do a podcast show and you could thank all the fans who donate money. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you want to do that. And please uh, help Proxy with it. And I'm glad you're doing this European thing because you're still a young person. I, I, I always love when people are traveling, but you're able to travel, meet interesting people throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and the stuff you're doing reminds me my good friend Brandon Irons, Intensity, Intensity, <laughs> where he visits 10 different major cities of the world. He'll meet different girls' intensities. He get to know the cities of uh, girl that he's fucking <laughs> and the yeah, Anthony so Bourdain of the porn world. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's funny. That you, do you like Anthony Bourdain? I do. Yes. <laughs> I was in episode two uh, that uh, um, parts unknown. Oh, nice. Yeah, like three minutes or something with the um, the guy I used to do podcast david show dvd essay with asakira um yeah so i'm looking forward to this i want everybody to follow uh what's your twitter account address my twitter handle is uh infiltrate proxy and do you have other like instagram or something or uh, tumblr the only other i only have two social media sites uh like all the other profiles out there of me are fake and there's quite a few that i've run into but no uh i have a twitter and it's uh infiltrate proxy and then i also have a tumblr as proxy page and they're both linked together and those are the only two things that i post on but i'm very very active on them and i always i'm very interactive with my fans too i love my fans they have like they've helped keep me in the business for and like make it as exciting as it has been Mm -hmm. um so if they go to your Tumblr, there's a way to communicate with you. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I usually try, I, I try my best to respond to everyone if there's just silly little things. 
if you have an humble idea for proxy, if you want to donate money to a project, con- contact her uh, mm-hmm. through uh, Tumblr. Um, if you have a, a places, unusual places where you don't mind letting her film stuff, contact her. Just contact her if you have ideas. If oh, you, yeah. Love if, hearing them. You em. know, if you have unusual outfit that you could give it to her, if you're a hairstylist, want to give her her hair, whatever that hairstylist would do for you. Just if you want to be generous with her and you're not a creepy guy or creepy girl, contact Proxy and help her with her Yeah, project. that's actually how I found my current roommate is through Tumblr. So I, I do pay attention to it. <laughs> so support Proxy. Proxy, thanks for doing this. We'll do hopefully episode two, three, four. Next time, let's talk about the tr- places you travel. Yeah, most definitely. There's a lot for us to talk about. There's a lot of different things for us to get into. And um, maybe we talk about anime stuff that you like. Oh, get my nerd out of me. <laughs> so uh, we'll. But en- before we end, mm-hmm. I really want to say thank you. And this was really fun, great experience. And Yoshi, you're a really great person. And I love being friends with you. And I love knowing you. And I look forward to being friends with you for a lot longer. And thank you for this special opportunity and all the people that you've introduced me to. I really appreciate knowing you. <laughs> Proxy, if you really feel that way, you should have done, done this podcast naked. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm glad I uh, got to know you. And um, um, <laughs> I do have mixed feelings because I, 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 I like girls who does like extreme stuff on uh, front of the camera. But it's always nice to find out when a girl's sweet in real life. Yeah, I guess being mean in front of camera is kind of funny and kind of fun for sexual stuff, but bitchy, cunty girls, that's not really fun at all. Yeah, in real life. Like, there's a difference between, like, being strong and being a bitch. Yeah, and you and Sparky, when you guys did that show for my friends, they, I was shocked how good you guys were. (laughs) Uh, That, that, that week, that night, was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like my friends, my friends were like shocked, you know. <laughs> and like you guys were so good. Not only did they give you money, but they also got you a certificate at some uh, adult store. Remember when we went to? Uh, yeah, that was so great. A really big gift certificate to the stock room in Los Angeles. Yeah, and that's a like such a, a great, amazing shop with lots of latex and really unique toys and stuff like that. And if, if and now if you're interested in like learning uh, like S&M bondage 101 or how, how to tie girls or how to do this and that that store is really good not only do they sell merchandise but they have classes that actually yeah. they give and uh, which we, is really cool because a lot of people are really shy about those kinds of things yeah. and like nervous about them so it's like and they want to learn about them and this is like a really safe environment and construct like constructive environment to be able to go and learn all that in and learn it all properly so you're not just tying someone up and then you're going to cut off their circulation, do it wrong, do something right. wrong because that can be very dangerous. Like teaching people the proper way of spanking and uh, mm-hmm. a proper way to tie that. Like I remember, and I'm sure you have this experience, you're, you're, you're young but you probably remember, when I used to porn shop, whenever Howard Stern would say something about <laughs> a certain porn movie or toys, guys would come and buy but whenever there's a group of women show up Monday morning, it's because six in the city night before. They will see some sex toys. <laughs> yeah. They will show, buy those rabbit vibrator and stuff. Like, 
it, 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 it's that's how powerful Sex in the City was. Like these girls would show up in the group and buy stuff, you know. Um, yeah, so it shows that, you how pop, like how strong of a media influence there is on people. Yeah, and um, porn guys will always buy shit by themselves. Like guys don't need approval of his male friends to buy certain porn thing. But when it comes to sexual thing or a guy that girl is interested in, women do talk to other women in the group. You notice that? Oh like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's interesting how men and women are different in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how they talk about it too. Like a man, like for the same situation, a man will talk about it this way and a woman will talk, like have her own view of it too. Yeah. And guys, I wish you end, but guys, like whatever stuff I'm into and my friend's not into, I'll say like that guy, my friend's a fucking weirdo, but he's going to say same thing too. Like <laughs> if I'm into licking armpits or f- into foot fetish or something <laughs> like that and if he's not into it he's gonna say i'm a fucking weirdo but with women it's it's like they have no fear talking to other women about they like this guy or i'm into this thing you know like oh, women almost need like approval about the girls like it's okay to do something uh. and that's where um you and Sparky and Lily's liberated because we're men's kind of ladies. Yeah, you do something <laughs> because you're into it. You don't. If Lily is not into something that you're into, she's not gonna judge you. you yeah, know? see, we're all kind of boys in our own respects yeah. too. Like we, like we kind of think like guys. Like all three of us in particular, like we kind of think like men in a lot of ways. So yeah. we understand it. We get it. We can relate with men a, a lot on that topic. And I, I think we'll finish with this. And I think this is the reason why. Uh, not not the visual reason, but this is something I didn't talk with you yesterday. But why some men feel comfortable when transsexual stuff? Because um, I I think I'm above average in honesty when it comes that kind of stuff with girls. But I think some guys really appreciate transsexual females because sometimes it's really hard for men to talk about things that they're into to women because they're really afraid their wife or girlfriend will will weird it out by it but females we feel comfortable because they're they are biologically men so they know what it is to be a man to have urges Mm -hmm. but because they take they have all those attributes they take female hormones and, and because these these are men who were born with a male body but they're inside their woman so i think they could they really understand men because they really are men uh physically mm-hmm. but they also have feminine sides to be um af- not affectionate to men you know what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah. Like they are they're both men and women so they understand where men is coming so i think a guy who are not trannies when they talk to females they feel comfortable like they really could talk about these things that they're always afraid to talk with most women you know yeah no one thing that like i've seen like i've heard from so many straight men is mm-hmm. like they feel weird about the fact that they're turned on by females mm-hmm. they're like i don't know why but i i am attracted to them and it's not i'm not gay or anything and like they're definitely not gay but like you told me earlier, like there's the like the four things that people look like look yeah. up the most uh, for porn, and that's Google like search, that makes yeah. like so that's why it made sense. Like yeah, a guy doesn't have to be gay to be into females. In fact, most gay men are not into females. Yeah, it's heterosexual men. Yeah, and 
for me, I talked about this in previous episodes, but there's a visual trick. Uh, my friend Ogi Ogas, I think he called it erotic optical illusions. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so th- we we look females. It, uh, the eyes will look at female, but brain doesn't quite process why we're fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a psychological reason. Like these are men, so they'll never judge us. They know what it is to be a man to have these urges. But because they take female hormones, they could be affectionate and like hug you and give you comfort. Like it's okay, I understand. And I, I think only female could really understand what. It's going through yeah. women and men, you know. Mm-hmm. The ancient Greeks call um, Tiresias. He was wise because he did something to Zeus where he got punished. So Zeus converted him into a woman, and he was a prophet for many years. And even gods took Tiresias' advice to heart because he has a knowledge of both men and women, and there's nobody like that. And later on, he, I think, one of the Greek gods. Turn him in back to a man again, but people used in the Greek mythology they used to say Tiresias is the most wisest person in the whole world because he has the knowledge you can of see men. it from both sides. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, porn you learn a lot, and I think people always have interest in porn, even though internet's killing it. It's mm-hmm. never going to kill that um, appetite for porn will never change no it's it's the question is whether people are going to pay for it that's a different issue. yeah right? yeah that's a whole nother thing well proxy thanks for doing it this is a long time we'll do another episode soon and uh, i'll start airing it hopefully within a week or two so that way people could vote and give you money for your project you know awesome i look forward to hearing it all right everyone thanks for listening please donate to the show please follow proxy page um tumblr and Twitter account and uh, uh, finding what was the website to put money against or I forgetting offbeater.com go and support proxy alright guys thanks for listening and talk to you guys soon